0: Spirit, Spirit. Hey. Yeah, you really don't you know your brother's Spirit, hungry? Don't you know your sister's Spirit, lonely? Don't you know there's babies crying? Don't you know your brother's dying?
1: Welcome to Tapping into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. And welcome again to our next episode of Tapping Into Spirit. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Zawadi Powell and Glenda Jones. How are you ladies doing this evening?
2: Awesome. Super good, but I'm sure I'll get better.
1: Great, great. It's been a while since we've talked. Uh, It's been a lot going on the world has been evolving and transforming and there's just been so much happening. Um, what do y'all think about how life has been moving? How you've been dealing with it? How you've been feeling lately?
0: It's taken a lot of adjustment. Um, I find that all of the routines that I wanted to do before to, 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 to do self-care, um, are required. Like I I can't slack on my self-care whatsoever because of how much, Anxiety, you know, the media can share with us, <laughs> and mm-hmm. just the, the general environment—it's um, really pushing me to do the things for myself that I should have been doing all along. So it's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. It is. There is. There's. There are
2: some good things that have come out of um, some of the tragedies and the trauma that we are dealing with. There's still some good. It just takes extra work for me to focus on the good. Um, like Zawadi said, I mean, the the media, wherever you're getting your information, can be so negative and so draining that you have to really limit the your exposure to that. Mm-hmm. You really have to limit it. And then for me, this, I've been very deliberate about, I recently said to you, Anthony, that I didn't do something because I didn't want to. And so I'm allowing myself just not to do something if I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. and that's something that hasn't been my behavior I typically do what needs to be done or what I feel needs to be done even if I don't want to do it and so just you know obeying my own feelings paying attention to myself and then being creative enough um, like I'm growing plants and vegetables and a watermelon and just creating something and connecting mm-hmm. with um, the earth has helped me a lot.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I think, you know, this is a time where so many people are finding themselves being stressed um, and overwhelmed by all of the things that are going on. And, and, and I find myself uh, trying to over, overextend and make sure that I am finding mm-hmm. ways to, stay in a space of peace and not um, allowing myself to get caught up in the madness of what is going on around us. Um, So I think, you know, I encourage people to always try to go within, to keep those feelings, those thoughts um, that are positive in their lives um, and stay in a space of love, right? Because the vibration of love is vitally important. Um, it's so easy to get caught up in in hate. Uh, it's very, very easy. <laughs> um, Absolutely, it's yeah. extremely easy to be in a space of hate. Um, I think there's a space for anger. There's a space for frustration. But when we allow hate to consume us, then it, be- it brings our vibration down. And ultimately, it damages us. So I think we have to find a balance there and make sure that we take care of ourselves by having that righteous indignation that is rightfully so, but remember who we are and what we're here to do and try to find that space where we can be in an even, balanced space of love. I think that's just so vitally important. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm yeah, one of the other things that I've been telling people is to focus on your immediate reality. Um one of the things that my spirit guide had said is that every time we turn on the screens or we um you know talk on the phone, even, we are almost going on a guided meditation where we are entering into a different reality than the one that we currently exist in. Our mind and our eyes and our ears are sort of going on a journey. And so he said, we have to be very conscious about what journey we go on and with whom. And that we sometimes just take time to be in our current reality so that we can deal with the facts of what we're, you know, seeing on a day to day basis in reality, as opposed to what we're being told or those guided visualizations that were going on with the television or the computer or the telephone. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. That's something that years ago I stopped watching news on television i haven't watched in years it just it it does something to me that i have a difficult time coming back from it puts me in a space that is so much less than positive that it's challenging for me i think the the thing that is also challenging right now when anthony was saying remembering what we are here for i think that there are some of us Who are trying to, we thought we knew what we were here for, but now what we are dealing with, I don't know that any of us know that we, how much we are, we are prepared or how little we are prepared. Like we don't, we're having to find a space of comfort. Um, And that, you know, like it, it, I don't know in my lifetime that I've lived through any time that was this uncertain. This is this more uncertain than any other time that I can remember?
1: Yeah, I think that's the case for for everybody, right? Really. Um, I, I, to have the com- combination of all the various different things, right? The uh, just so for us, just being black in America, <laughs> that in and of itself, that's just an ongoing thing that we we live with on a daily basis. But then you add in COVID, and There is no end in sight. And so there's the worry about keeping yourself healthy and not being impacted by it. There's watching loved ones um, potentially be affected with COVID. And in some cases, seeing loved ones die and not being able to memorialize them in the way that we're used to doing that. And, And there's no end in sight. There's no end point that we could say, all right, July 30th, it'll be over. September 25th, it'll be over. It There's no end point in sight. Then, on top of that, there is economic instability and financial worry. It's like, how am I going to survive in the midst of all of this? Uh, so there's worry and frustration about that. Then, we add in the racial um, component with the, the killing, the murder of... Um, uh, Mr. Floyd and and Breonna Taylor and uh, Ahmaud Arbery and, and and all the many many others that have been unfortunately um, killed and taken advantage of by this hor- horrible system and all of those things provide a lot of pressure, provide a lot of um, angst for us, and we're constantly watching these watching these images, seeing, hear, listening to this dialogue, it can affect our inner being. And so we have to be uh, vigilant about taking care of ourselves so that we don't find ourselves um, in a space where we're hurting. You know?
2: Yeah. And what does taking care, gonna- care of yourself look like? Like that can be different for different people and also very challenging right now Mm -hmm. because we may have said I might have said last year at this time taking care of myself was going to get a massage Mm -hmm. going to get a manicure pedicure going to the lake hiking like a variety of things and some of those things that I would normally do to take care of myself I'm not able to do them so I think it's also important to find alternative ways to nurture your spirit Um, and something that Zawadi said, like being very, um, being in your present, being in your now, Mm -hmm. and knowing that I'm okay right now. Right.
1: Well, you said something earlier in terms of it's it's a very little thing, but it's a very big thing. Like you said, typically I would just push ahead and do it. And then I decided, no, I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to do it. That's a form of self care, recognizing that I don't need to push myself over the limit. I need to just do nothing right now. Mm -hmm. And we need, I think that's a huge, that's probably the number one thing I would recommend people be okay with doing nothing. Just don't do nothing. Because doing nothing is actually doing something.
0: Mm hmm. You really have to listen to yourself. It was funny because I was talking to one of my friends who's also a psychologist and a counselor. And she was telling me that, like, you know, because I was telling her, I feel so stressed. I have all these projects, all these things that I have to do, you know, and there's so much and I can't get them all done. And I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. And she said, well, where did these projects originate? And I said, well, I made them up. And she said, okay, so you're making projects for yourself and you're stressing yourself out. And I said, yeah, pretty much. And she said, well, (laughs) this is very common in this time period because people feel as though they have no control over what's going on globally in the world. And so in their own lives, they're trying to control everything and adding more work to their days and more projects and more things to do so that they can control everything, so that the fact that the world is out of control would no longer impact them you know, mentally. And I thought that was so interesting, because I was totally doing that, like I was like doing circuit training, writing my autobiography, chanting, you know, trying to learn Reiki online, like just like, you know, crazy. (laughs) And so I had to really sit down with myself and listen to myself and say, look, you're not okay right now. And it's not because of COVID. (laughs) It's because you are driving yourself insane, trying to make some sense out of the way that the world is right now. And so I think what Glenda was saying, like listening to yourself and like respecting, you know, the truth of the space that you're in and then, you know, giving yourself time to relax and, you know, take a break or, you know, just be, it's it's really important right now.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think when we think about the concept of tapping in the spirit and for those, you know, people who are listening to this, clearly have an interest in spirit. And so that means, however what way we do it, that we are working to stay connected to spirit. And so I asked myself, what would spirit want us to do? I remember having, having a reading at some point, and it was like I was trying to learn to, to, to trust my intuition. And it was like, they're laughing at you because you're trying so hard. <laughs> um, and in the spirit world, right? My, my egg one. And so if we think about what spirit is thinking now, they may be thinking, you know, y'all need to relax. This is necessary to bring about the change that everybody wants to happen. Ch- change does not happen typically, or it doesn't always happen in a nice, easy way where we put a nice red bow on it and wrap it up. and Oh, that was great this kind of change is painful. It does require, or it can be painful if that's how we choose to think about it. It requires, um, you know, people um, losing their lives, people losing their livelihoods to make things better for those that are coming after us, right? So in 2030, I expect the world to look totally different than what it does now. And we'll be able to look back on this time and say, wow, look at, Look at what occurred out of that mess, out of that garbage. Look at, look at the wonderful things that happened. And similar to, I remember when President Obama was elected, um, some of my elders who had been on the front lines during the Civil Rights Movement, like they were, you know, had the water hoses on them, had the dogs put on them, were placed in jail, were literally had their lives in jeopardy. Right. And they never thought they would see the day where a black person could become president. So, if I take that same framework and project from now to the future, I will see this time as necessary to get us where we need to go. And then I just go, okay, this is what we got to do right now. This is what we're going to do. And so, let me just buckle in, take care of myself find those things that are going to nurture my spirit and keep it moving you know
2: yeah i think the one of the things you were saying about it being uh painful i think it's going to it's more uncomfortable because we as as a people have gotten so comfortable with what we call our comforts the way in which we live and we want something and it's right at our fingertips, whatever it is we want to eat, we want to do something, we're having to be still. Mm-hmm. And if we it's going to become even more uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. I don't think we have seen just how uncomfortable it's really going to be. And you know, we it may be kind of cliche, cliche-ish, but I've often heard. We have to break things down in order to build them up the way they should be. So there are a whole lot of things that we may seemingly lose in order to gain what it is necessary for us to gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are going to need to focus on, and a lot of us are having to, what's really important. Like I'm in a career that there is no such thing as physical distancing. Mm-hmm. I cannot physically distance. I cannot work from home. And so I'm out of work and I've been out of work since March Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be out the whole month of July because I'm not taking that chance. Um, But just being able to be okay with that um, and also preparing for when the time comes that I do need to go back to work, what does that look like for me Mm -hmm. where I have to touch people and be close to them? Every day, and how I, what I can do to my body to get it healthy, so that I don't think it's a matter of if we are exposed to the virus; it's a matter of when we are, because we will all be exposed at yeah. some point. But am I doing what is necessary for my body to help me and my immune system to be its strongest, at, as I as I as strong as I can get it, so that. When I am exposed, it will not affect me in the way that it has affected other people. So it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of really, that thing of staying in your now, like we can think forward to 2030 and it's going to be different, but it's also really important that we focus on what can we do today. And there are days that I wake up in the morning and I do nothing. I do nothing. I go outside, I let the sun shine on me. I, I play in my plants. This morning, I played with squash bugs. I'm growing squash, and I learned that there are these bugs that live on them. Mm. And I'm overcoming my fear of bugs by taking care of my squash plants because I don't want the bugs to take over. But just little things, and I feel like I accomplished something. Mm. And all I did was play with some bugs.
1: I think we—it's it's funny because reframe in- the way you're thinking about. I think as a society, as a culture, we need to change the language. Because doing nothing, you were doing something. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And we have to make that a positive. We have to affirm your nothingness as a something. Oh
0: nothing. As a very important.
1: important something.
0: Yes. So yes.
1: maybe we need a, a dialogue. We need a we need to change the, 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 the phrasing of that and Turn it into something positive and not negative. Because I think generationally, folks that lived through the depression, like my grandfather, you couldn't sit around doing nothing. You always had to be working. That was the value. And it had a purpose, but everything is about balance. And so the need to do something meant that doing nothing was bad, idle minds and all that, right? And so we need to shift that and maybe we can think about how we can interject a new phraseology that uh, can take off for people to really embrace their stillness.
2: I have a term that was created for one of my co-workers who likes to just chill and we call her a luxurator. (laughs) She likes to luxurate and so you lay back you relax, you do whatever it is. You may have to have your drink or maybe she likes eating watermelon. And so she has her cool, water, whatever it is, but I'm learning to luxuriate. Okay. And that's something that being a caregiver of a, an elderly person for so many years and self-employed and working and taking care of someone else and always doing something that I wasn't very good at. And I one last thing, that last thing, but one thing I wanna say if, if this right now is that one of the things I remember hearing is we are human beings and not human doings Mm -hmm. and we have to practice just being Mm -hmm. and it is okay
0: right yeah sometimes we say we talk about holding space for things and i Mm -hmm. like that because you can be holding space for yourself You can be holding space for a conversation you're having. You can be holding space to meditate or just to breathe. And so I kind of like that idea of there being spaces in our life. And sometimes we can't hold them so that we're not wasting it or being idle. But it's just, this is, you know, important at this moment. But the other thing that came How would one
1: hold space? Huh? How would one actually hold space? What does that look like, practically speaking, for those that don't know?
0: Um, It just means that, you know, during a period of time- For example we would say that in terms of trying to find a new phrase we would say that glenda was holding space for her plants you know or Mm -hmm. i'm holding space now to record this podcast you know you would say thank you for holding space for me when you called me yesterday you know it's like so that it gives value to everything um that you do because i mean honestly i think that the way that we record time is a little strange for it to be linear and so that concept of not our life not being a linear time but more about a space, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just find it really interesting and it just it makes me really happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that.
2: I like the whole idea of holding space. Um, because even holding space could be you are sitting even thinking about let's say something that, that brings you pleasure whether it's the ocean, or the mountains, or a waterfall, or maybe you're dancing, or whatever it may be, and could be holding space for yourself, but it can also be holding space space for others, Mm -hmm. especially when that memory that you may be reflecting on included other people. And so something that I know that I practice is sending energy, telepathically to other people, positive energy. And then there are times that I'll reach out to them and I'll tell them, you know, I was thinking about you and I sent you energy today and they'll be aware, like I felt it, mm-hmm. you know, that like they will actually receive it.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's amazing. One of the things that I've been doing in my self care is to get distance Reiki um, twice a month, because a lot of Reiki masters are actually sending Reiki um, virtually. And you, if you, as long as you consciously try to tap into it you can definitely you know feel a shift happening Mm -hmm. and so that sending energy is like really important i think
1: yeah these are all uh, powerful tools i think that um we need to and and people are but we need to even more um, push people to to think about and tap into that i think those are the types of things that allow for a lot of amazing things that historically have occurred uh, in life, even from the building of the pyramids to all the the wonderful monuments and just people being able to understand astrology and the way the earth works. It was through tapping into spirit and being able to uh, harness that energy in a way that is not controlled, but to harness. When I was doing my dissertation, I remember it was on worldview. It was African-centered and uh, Eurocentric worldviews and kind of comparing and contrasting the two, developing a scale to measure those worldviews. And one of the commodi- one of the um, the aspects of worldview that that I, that I focused on was time, and the Eurocentric worldview of time as a commodity. Right, you can't waste time. Time is money. The essence of time. Whereas the Af- African-centered worldview was more time is of the, is is where you are. Like, it's in the moment. It's right now. So, um, and you can see that play out. I remember the first time I went to Ghana and everything <laughs> happened oh, slow, slowly. right? I remember going to the bank and you know, I just wanted to go in and, and have this transaction. It took 45 minutes for me to, <laughs> to have that transaction. That's just, that over here would take, you know, three to five minutes. But it's like, no, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna offer you a cold drink, we're gonna shoot the breeze for a little bit, and and then we'll get to the business at hand. It's not a rush, rush, jump into it, let's make it happen, pop, pop, pop. It's embrace the now. Yeah. that is that is a principle I think is important for us. This pandemic maybe is pushing us to get back into the essence of ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that, and in, in it in itself can be a blessing if we if we start focusing our energy and our attention to looking at it from that perspective, rather than oh, life isn't it sucks that I can't travel like I want, I can't move like I want. Life just be in the now, mm-hmm.
2: right? Let's let's though also think about because I think the three of us um, we have no little children at home; mm-hmm. all our children are big. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I guess some of us are still working. I know you are, Anthony. Are you working, Zawadi? I'm doing, um, yeah, a little bit. Working from home. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm writing. Okay. (laughs) I'm holding space. Holding space. (laughs) I'm
2: I'm thinking about the people who may be listening who are, let's say, mothers of young children, Mm -hmm. school age, who are being working from home, teaching school from home, cooking meals from home because someone is waiting for you to do everything for them um and for them some of them don't feel like they have the luxury to just hold space as often as they would like to
1: mm-hmm.
2: how would we speak to that
1: mm-hmm.
2: because that's a totally different reality than what i have mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things I would say is to create a household of holding space. So I'm going to teach everybody in the household to engage that process uh, because that benefits the tenor and the energy of the house, as well as it plants seeds that the children can utilize down the line. Um, So that's what I would do. How would I go about doing that? There will be time where we're just gonna sit and be quiet and meditate. We're not gonna look at any devices. We're just gonna be still. Um, That's gonna be a part of every day. Um, We're gonna have time where we're gonna go out to the park and just soak up the sun. We're gonna go outside and lay down and look at the clouds and say what shapes that they make. Um, We're gonna do creative things like that. Painting, we're just gonna do all types of stuff like that and create a reality that allows us to be still, allow our intuition to guide us and to move forward in, in a way that um, everybody can be at a space of peace.
2: I think they also like creating boundaries because it's not always just about the children. Like people that I talked to who are working from home felt that, like they were working harder than mm-hmm. they were, when they worked at work because they worked at work and they were able to leave work at work and then come home. And now all the lines are crossed. And you, you have your day, like working from home from some of the people that I know have to be online during this block of time during the day. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that um, has worked for some of them is creating boundaries and letting work know just because we're working from home, I'm done at 4.30 or I'm done and I am not doing more work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they may not have the luxury of just deciding at two o'clock in the afternoon to go lay down on the grass and look at the clouds. So, so sometimes it may even be like just brief moments, like I have this 30 minute break and instead of even just teaching the children, maybe, especially as a mom, sometimes you have to just save yourself Mm-hmm. Right then, in that time, so definitely doing what you're saying, but also being aware um, that you know you can't pour from an em- em- pour from an empty vessel. There are times that you have to just do something for yourself. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I want to say a special shout out to the moms who are trying yes. to navigate online school and work from home. You guys are just like the <clears throat> bomb. <bones I> <throat> <throat> even imagine. But I also think that, like, if my kids were little, I I definitely, like Anthony was saying, would spend lots of time outside. And I would even probably find a way for them to be able to do school outside, (laughs) maybe get a hot spot or something so that, you know, they could sit on the computer and not run around, you know, and come back (laughs) in five minutes. Um, The other thing that I've been having to consider a lot is, you know, who is my support system and then how can I be a support system to others? Um, I did babysit my girlfriend's little girl, uh, little six year old, so cute, the other day and did take her to the park and we social distance, you know, like I said, okay, you know, you're with me now, but you can run around, you know, and you can sit in the back seat when I drive you (laughs) home. And, you know, we wore masks. And so, you know, I think that it's important like to serve as a support system and also to recognize that you have a support system, even though we're being made to stay separate, there are still ways that we can take care of each other. And I think when um, emergencies come or pandemics or depressions that, you know, historically the black community has bonded together closer. And we have to remember that that was how our ancestors survived, not that, you know, they were so much smarter than us or, you know, they were so different from us, but they really, you know, figured out how to support one another and to find the tools and things they needed so that they could keep their sanity in the face of mass chaos. I was talking
2: with a family who had three small children, three young children, um, and I think the oldest may be 11 and the youngest may be seven. And they were dealing with both the husband and the wife are working from home. And sometimes those hours are long. And when the husband it has to be on the phone, his job is on the phone. And so you can't, the calls are coming. Um, and so they made a system where they found another family who they could work with, who has the same type of habits and commitment to staying healthy in the way that they do, because I think that's important is to find the people who you're gonna be comfortable being around. And so that family has two children. And so there are four parents between the two families. And one day a week, each parent gets all the children, they're two in one family, three, so that's five children, they get them for a four hour period. So one of them is teaching cooking, another is teaching woodworking, another is teaching spades, <laughs> and another I forget, is doing arts and crafts. And so that gives one parent the responsibility one day a week, but it gives the other parents time to do their work, to do self-care. So that's so true, Zawadi, finding your support system, your tribe, Mm-hmm. And we have become so, so like individualist. We are just so individual. Yeah. We are instead of community. And it's like my four and no more. Me, my husband, my two kids, we good. And so, you know, you got to get it away. you get it. But no, we need to really work more as a community. And that, that's, that is the way in which we have survived and thrived. Mm-hmm. is by working together. So I love the way in which they have put it all together in a way that worked for the two families. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's about being creative. Uh, there's always, always, always a solution and thinking outside the box to create those workable solutions that provide, it's a win-win. It provides um, skill sets for the children and it allows the parents to have some time. I mean, that's beautiful. And there are other things that we can create. Always try to say, How can I figure it out? Not that I can't figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. and that is going to be, um, if you adopt that attitude, then it's possible to create situations that are going to be healthy and, and allow you to thrive.
0: Yeah, in terms of children, my friend was telling me a story because she was trying to explain to me because I was worried about my children being traumatized with everything that's happening. And it's no fair. This is part of their childhood. You know, why do they have to go through this? And she told me to watch this movie called The Room, I think, which I'm not going to watch because it sounds awful to me, <laughs> but it had a really good, you know, punt like, I think, um, point to it. And it was this woman who had been kidnapped, you know, and hid away in some man's shed and ended up pregnant with his baby. And she and the baby lived in the shed, you know, for maybe five years and until they could find a way to escape. And she finally escaped and she got back to her parents and she was so happy. And she said, you know, and the little boy was fine. And then after about a month, he said, Mom, when are we going back to room? And I think that's the right name of the movie. And she's like, what? We're never going back there. But she had done so much in this little shed with this little boy that in his mind, it was like Disneyland, Mm -hmm. right? Like there was nowhere else that he would rather be. And he had no clue that his mother had been kidnapped and terrible things. You know, he just thought, I love that place, (laughs) you know? I have all these imaginary friends, all these pictures you drew for me. I was so close to you. And so I think we kind of have to have that sort of perception in this time where, you know, everything seems kind of nuts, but it's all in how we process it and what we do with our children now that will shape their memories going forward. Absolutely. So true, Zawadi. Mm -hmm. Because typically,
2: our children are okay when we are okay. Yes, And that's real important. Because yeah. when we are not okay, no matter how we pretend on the outside, when, when we are not okay, our children know. We can't, we can fake it, but they know. Yeah. So it's important when we are okay, our children yeah. are okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. We, set, we set the tone. We mm-hmm. set the tone. Um, and, and you see that it, all of the you know, I, I was in San Francisco and watching this woman with the, uh, this, this father with his daughter. They were fishing for crabs, and she just picked up the crabs, no problem. And the adults were like, oh, my God, that's so scary. She's like, no, you're just hold them from the back. You know? <laughs> They're like, no big deal to her. Like, here, look at the crab. And she's like six. But her father taught her, there's no need to be afraid if you do it this way. There's nothing to be. So we introduce fear as parents without even thinking about it sometimes. We introduce Mm -hmm. trepidation and, oh my God, this is such a horror. We introduce that and then the children respond to it and they internalize it and make it their own. Let's flip that around and teach strength, you know, teach the ability to stay disciplined, to, to deal with adversity to understand that life is gonna have ups and downs. Okay, here's a down, that's how we're gonna deal with it. Okay, here's an up. great, we're gonna deal with this. It, it, it rains on everybody. And so everybody's gonna have to deal with some adversity at some point. Don't try to keep your children from dealing with adversity is what I would say. But even as we're talking about how to deal with the COVID, I think that concept of the room is great. Yeah, we're in a room, because of this COVID, and we're going to make this the beautiful, most beautiful room you can imagine. Mm-hmm. For the year and a half or whatever, however long it's going to take for us to get through this, we're going to have fun in this room. And then when we come out, we're going to keep having fun. Yeah. Whatever life brings us, we're going to make the best of it. That's mm-hmm. the way we're going to, to approach. We're going to always make uh, lemonade out of lemons. right? Yeah. We're going to have that as our philosophy. And I think we can internalize and really do that.
0: Yeah. That's part of our culture. And, you know, one of the things that's helped me is that every Monday I do a chant for some of the people who uh, follow me and um, we're chanting and I've been led to chant for Shiva and also Ayé. And when I looked into those deities, I found out um, that um, they're both sort of about, you know, making everyone sick in order to cure everyone or destroying everything, you know, breaking everything down in order to rebuild it. Mm -hmm. And so when I sort of made that connection, I was like, wow, not only like do we have to um, continue to make our space and our reality, you know, happy, but we also have to recognize that there's a purpose and alignment for everything and that everything we go through has some spiritual meaning or some spiritual purpose. And if we look at what's happening in the world, we can truly see that things are being broken down in order to be rebuilt or in order to be put back correctly yes. and um, i think it's beautiful you know so when yes. you don't focus on how the news is processing it but process it based on evidence or based on what you see actually happening you know it's 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 really actually a wonderful time
1: <laughs> i i think so too and I, I i'm glad you said that because i've been feeling like an outsider and think I haven't really voiced that, but I've been feeling like, hey, this is, <laughs> this is really good. Like, we need to have this time, just like I felt like we needed to have this crazy president to dismantle this horrible system. Like, it it needed to just crumble to the ground. We were just going to keep patching it along, and it was yeah. going to keep not serving us. Now, the, the, the vital truth is out, and it mm. can't be denied. You cannot... <laughs> unsee what we've seen, and they're yeah. not going to go back to any, there's no going back. Like, this cat has tore everything down. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a great thing, <laughs> because this Constitution, which was based on lies, <laughs> this just-us system, which was is not justice at all, even to this day. The injustice like, system. Right. It, it all needed to come tumbling down so it can be put back together in a way that is sane, and equitable, and truly about all people. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy about this time. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to see it. And I'm like, bring it on, bring it on, more. And it's funny to watch, it's so funny to me to watch people really trying to control a virus. Like, the, <laughs> like the oh my god, the narcissism, the, the ego to think that you are going to tell this virus when, when it's going to leave, and how you're going to keep doing what you want to do. That is hilarious to me. <laughs> you're going to tell a virus what to do. <laughs> and the virus is chilling, like, all right, whatever, but I got something for you. Right. You know, they're going to start this NBA season back up. I think that's going to be a disaster. Yeah. I, 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 I'm <laughs> As soon as one of these stars gets the virus, then what? Like, how are you going to navigate that? So, in a sense, it's entertainment. It's like, get your popcorn and just watch how this plays out. Because I think this trash is about to be hilarious. Wow. So many different levels.
2: And there's some lessons that they'll learn in that. Like, they need to go back. Yeah, yeah. Because they won't learn it any other way. Right. Mm -hmm. They won't learn it. And I think, like, we're fortunate. Like, the three of us, in all that's happening, are fortunate. I know there are people who their their reality is a little different and you do have to they may need to dig a little deeper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like i can't imagine being essential worker right now Mm -hmm. right what if that was my reality right and especially early on right and you need to find the good in that right and so you know it, it it's easier for some people when they say we're all in the same boat no we're not we might all be on the ocean but some of us are on a flotation device, and some are in a yacht. Mm-hmm. We are not all in the same boat. Right. For some is- people, it is more challenging, mm-hmm. and so um, I would I would say it may take more for some people to find that place of peace or what good can come from it. But I believe we all can. Yeah, you know, I definitely see so much good
0: mm-hmm.
2: that is yeah. coming from it.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, spiritual self-care and just self-care in general in this time um, is so vitally important. I hope that um, people are really uh, incorporating healthy ways of, of managing this time. And, you know, if you have questions or you you want to, you know, further dialogue about this, feel free to drop us a line. We, we like talking about and, and engaging this and passing on things that we're doing that you might find useful or find helpful. Um, we're going to get through this. We're going to be all right.
0: We're going to be all right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would encourage
2: people to do that, to definitely reach out. Um, there are times that I get on the phone uh, because I am luxurating a little more and just talk to people and share positive, encouraging energy with one another and ideas and even releasing some frustration or some of the anxiety Mm -hmm. and the phone conversation ends and we feel better it's like you know just talking to you I feel so much better Mm -hmm. and so I think that's a really good thing I know that um there are some listeners who have my phone number call me sometimes I'm I'll talk with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know if you need a reading or you want to chat with me I'm um I'm just chanting by donation right now. It's not, you don't have to pay. Um, and if you want distance Reiki, then email me at higherassistance at gmail.com. Um, and if you need a babysitter, cause I'm volunteering, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna keep five kids, but if you have one or two, you know, I will sit in the park and watch them for you.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So we're part of the solution and everybody can be that. And we're, we're gonna keep... Engaging the process and working with spirit to move through this time and Yeah, like Kendrick Lamar said we're gonna be all right.
0: Yeah no <laughs> <doubt>. <laughs>
1: So let's go get it All right, well, we thank you all for joining us again for this episode here on spiritual self-care And we'll look forward to talking with you more moving forward um, Thank you for joining us and we will be chatting with you soon
0: Peace. Peace. Yeah, talking about spirit.
1: so in closing we like to encourage you to embrace the concept of change and learning something new continue to evolve continue to transform continue to thrive and find your own personal path to tapping into
0: spirit I was obviously too blind and probably too weak to see who was responsible for my losing streak